Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This episode of the Self Love Club podcast is brought to you by Amplify Kombucha. Taste Amplified. The Self Love Club, a place where boss babes share their stories to empower women. Welcome to the Self Love Club podcast. I'm your host, Belle Crawford. Join me for a podcast series where we'll hear the stories of girl boss women who are doing super cool things with their lives. We'll find out how they've done what they have, their self love and self care practices, and they'll share their tips to empower you to live your best life. Athena Angelo grew up in South Auckland, New Zealand, and her story is quite remarkable. Athena fell pregnant at 15, a few years later managed to get herself out of an abusive relationship which saw her living in her car with a toddler. How did Athena get herself from there to where she is now? A radio host on a nationwide drive show, turning down a dream job that didn't feel right and recently featuring on the latest season of Celebrity Treasure Island. We're so lucky to have Athena share her inspiring story on the Self Love Club podcast. Athena, welcome to the Self Love Club podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you, my sister. I appreciate it. I've been wanting to get you on for a while. So tell us who you are, like what you do, what you're all about. Okay. So (laughs) a lot of people just call me the sis because a lot of people do forget my name. It's (laughs) Athena Angelo, born and raised in South Auckland, Uh, work my butt off. Literally, if anything, worked so, so hard and became a walking product of it's not what you know, but who you know. And here I am today. And it's kind of funny how things have worked out, but it's worked out really, really good. And I'm really thankful. Uh, but yeah, it's it's been a journey. And if anything, not an easy one. Mm. You know, not yeah. anything's going to be easy if you've got to level up. But for me, it was just working and balancing out being a mother because I was a young mother as well. So that for me was, it, it was one of those things where you're a young mum, you're single, and you know you need to be working, but you know you can't sort of sacrifice that time with your child, but you know you need to for a short term of time mm. and then hopefully have long-term success. And I think because I really believed myself, my young crazy self, like, okay, you're going to work for this time now and hopefully come back and things will be good. I'm pretty happy with what's happened because it's actually worked out for the best. And I'm like, oh, luckily I really did believe myself. Otherwise it would have been a huge flop and I would have been just working for nothing. Mm. And my child would have nothing as well. So yeah, yeah like I said, it's there's so many, so many uh, paths that I've had to take to get to where I am today. But Always got to be thinking. You've earned it. And we'll talk more. We'll talk through this all. So you, uh, when you were growing up, did you know what you wanted to be? What did you want to do? <laughs> no. <laughs> I had no idea, sis. Like I, well, when I was younger, I just loved dancing. And dancing was my life. I was doing it in primary school. I was the captain in my intermediate school for two years and won prizes for dancing. And this was hip-hop dancing. Uh, I went to a private Catholic school for high school, um, and they didn't have dance, so I started dance. So I always felt like, if anything, that would be an area that I'd be in, or, or maybe I'd just end up in music video clips, like like <laughs> dancing for Jennifer Lopez. But my mom's Filipino, so she's like, it's not a real career choice, like dancing. Oh, yeah, uh, how about when you're, you're like, that realism, mom, can you not? Well, and you're like crushing my dreams. Because um, being Filipino, when you're f- from a Filipino family, 
and your mother's from a third world country and she's worked her butt off. You really do have some big boots to fill mm. and work hard too. And uh, for her, it was more like become a nurse. Or yeah. Like it, that's like the stereotypical thing for Filipino females and males as well, not to, you know, mm. d- uh, discredit the men as well. But my mom wanted me to become a nurse or sort of a lawyer, like something that was real top in that would take me through my whole life. So I was kind of angry at my parents for a long time. So did your parents come here or was it like your grandparents that came here? Uh, so long story is my dad's grandmother is from Greece and she was a part of the movement into Australia along with the Thais or Italians. And um, then they obviously had a boatload of people come over to New Zealand. So my family ended up moving over here. The Angelo family was uh, my great grandmother and her brother and obviously had my dad and stuff. And they were raised fully Greek Orthodox, mm-hmm. which is so dynamic compared to my mum. She's Roman Catholic. So it was interesting when they got together. But my mum's story is that uh, some guys from New Zealand who used to work with Air New Zealand had their uh, social clubs. And it's kind of like a thing with Filipino women. They have uh, some older Caucasian men as their husbands. So these guys were going over and my mom was actually at this restaurant that they frequented and they loved her. They just loved her spirit. Uh, and they were like, okay, come over, meet our mate George. They sponsored her over and she didn't like George. <laughs> and then she was around in Monaco Mall in South and literally bumped into my dad who was working at Lotto. And <laughs> three days later, my dad seen her again and proposed. Whoa. Three days later. And they'd not, like, literally three days of knowing each other. Yeah. It's insane. And they're still married. Happen- oh, my goodness. <laughs> Happily married. <laughs> so your mum came over and then, like. And got, and pretty much we always wow. love like, my mum secured the citizenship. <laughs> That's what the woman did. Wow. I'm like, props to you, mum. You did it. Because now, with those sorts of laws surrounding, like, immigration, yeah. you can't, like, they investigate you to see if you genuinely are in proper relationships with men or women in New Zealand because I've heard stories. She sorry, made God, things happen quickly. Uh, Good within a year. Within a year. Three and then days was, of lockdown a guy. And then within the three months I've done the math, I was conceived right. and then born the year later. It's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, people are locking down on that immigration stuff. And my yeah. mom was very fortunate and she landed herself a job, learned English. I mean, she's still a bit iffy, but really worked her butt off. And then I am the offspring, the byproduct of these two. And it's, yeah, wow. you see my parents and you're just like, yeah, that's. That's epic cultural backgrounds too. Like Greeks are so great. And then you've got Filipino, epic humans as well. So that's like so, so great, great cultures combined. It's literally just loud talking <laughs> all the time, all the time, loud, <laughs> everyone's screaming. And we're like, why are you being so loud? And we're being loud in the process. And it's not being loud. I'm being passionate. Yeah. <laughs> was that a big part of your childhood? Those two cultures? Like, was that, did your parents like heavily, like, you know, bring you up in those cultures? Mm, my mom, not so much my dad. I mean, my dad uh, spoke Greek and all sorts, uh, but when he met my mom, he just fully went over to like her religion, which was really weird and taught her English and stuff. And then me being raised, my mother had to learn English and she just got this child and she can barely speak English. So she used me to learn it. And that's how wow. I get like a little bit of a twang that people always like, oh, you're from the South Island. Or, <laughs> I'm like, nah, my mom like speaks American English. So it's, yeah, it's weird when you have to talk to them. But, you know, she's, she, she's not so bad now. You, you hear a little bit of an accent, but yeah, man, it's been... 29 years she's been in the country yeah. and oh like it's it's amazing how far she's come considering 
the process and legalities of everything these mm. days, like, so fortunate. Yeah, and she built a complete life for herself. That's amazing. You oh, know? bro. And you'd think usually it's like the guy holding down the woman. My mom held down my dad for real. <laughs> Did she teach you a lot then? Like, is she someone you looked up to as a strong female? Oh, absolutely. This woman is insane, bro. Like, me, because, you know, I'm an only child and my dad's like, not useless. He's just not... Um, good at things he's just not like the greatest you do you can't you like you'll never see him fixing the light bulbs or doing the plumbing or not whatnot but my mum's like all over everything she like renovated our house wow. she just puts her heads into the books even though she couldn't afford like study because she was still working mm. she's fully immersed herself into learning new things and then invested that into her household and just on a, like growing up, it was like, damn, my mom's so hardworking. Like, I don't mm. even know what I want to be growing up. So my mom's here working in the kitchen because my mom cooks. I'm just like, man, I don't even like cooking and I don't even know what I want to be. So yeah. I don't know where I was going in life, but she definitely set a precedent for how hard you should be working mm. and also how how much passion you should be putting into your work. Mm. So when you, so you were dancing a lot and then you thought maybe you'd end up doing dancing. What happened when you left school? Like what did you decide to do? What happened then? Uh, that wasn't really like a choice that I made when I left school. I got pregnant young and it sort of threw the spanner in the works. I How old were you? 15. I was definitely 15 because I remember I had a sweet 16 and I couldn't, drink and I know that's really bad to say because of 16 no, but you know that's that the happens. that's the yeah. culture of the young ones at that age and I fully like would slap myself knowing if that was my child but I didn't drink which is a good thing I didn't do anything bad while pregnant but um yeah I, I stayed pregnant at this Catholic school for as long as I could until it showed as far as it was and then I was like yeah nah I'm sick I can't do this I left what was I, the reaction like at school, especially from your teachers and stuff? Were they like they didn't supportive know. or they, they didn't know? And, to, and to, what, what about when you showed though? Were they, they what was the reaction then? They still didn't know. I'd left really? school. Like I was showing, but it wasn't, I, I just hit it really, really well. Right. Um, my mum though, when they found out, my dad just real mad. Yeah. Like, you know, I come from the strong Filipino family and it's taboo to have a kid out of wedlock. Mm. So I had the priest, the counsellor, the neighbours, my auntie and both my parents and my cousins in like one household when I had to reveal I was pregnant. And I was one of those, one of the um, small percentage that get pregnant on the pill. It's a scary feeling. It's a scary feeling and you're just like, oh, how are people going to receive this? And no, everyone was like, oh, my gosh, I love him. And yeah. he's just been a blessing in disguise, you know, because I always think, well, sometimes a setback is a setup for a comeback. Mm. And had I not got pregnant, well, where would I have been yeah. instead of radio? It, like, gave you more of a reason and, like, made you even more driven, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, man, you have a kid at 16 years old, your ass need to grow up mm. then and there. And, I mean, it's Were you scared about being a mum? Were you, like at that time, Absolutely. obviously, like fifteen, pregnant, like yeah. it's not what you probably had planned. But like, were you were you scared about it? Like, how was it for you? Absolutely, I was scared. I mean, initially, I was so naive, and I was like, I got this. Like, blah 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 blah. Mm -mm. Afterwards, I was like, okay, <laughs> now you're a mom, and now it's serious. It's not about you no more. Mm. And you know, growing up as an only child, I wasn't spoiled, but you do have this sort of sense of, you know, sometimes it's just about me because I'm the only kid. And yeah. It's like, now I've got my only kid. Yeah. All right, game on. Like, this is what's going to happen. From and so, did you keep living, obviously, with your parents and like, were they supportive once oh, they got over man. everything or? 
and mm, they were, it was real hard in the beginning, but they ended up disowning me. Like oh, wow. it just got so hard. So they disowned me and it was more Where based did you on, go? I, I ran away with my high school sweetheart. That's so tough to say, but we ran away up North. So I had left my family based on, they just weren't accepting of him at the time. And this was more so because, you know, the strong, you know, Catholic values that we had being a part of, a, a you know, this tough Filipino family, it was just really, really, ugh. It was real icky. And I, I feel like a lot of people would be like, what? But your mom and dad kicked you out on your own when you were pregnant. You know, my family would never do that. And I feel like it only literally took me up until this year to realize my family operates so much more different where some families would almost baby somebody until they get onto their own two feet. My parents were like, okay, you want to be swimming out there in the deep waters, then swim. It's either mm. sink or swim. And, you know, I think I'm very fortunate, again, saying being from my mom and how hardworking she is, I have that fight in me. Mm. So it, it definitely was like, I'm not, I'm not going to let them be right. But mm. at the same time, they were. Yeah. So how long did it take before you came back? Did you come home to have the baby or were you still up north? I was still up north and it had been probably like a year and a bit since I've spo- since I spoke to my family. And then one day... So they didn't even see the baby when he was no, new? No, he wasn't there. Oh. They, they weren't there when he was born, sorry. And it was, it was unfortunate and real sad, but on the day after, they somehow got my cell phone number and my mum rang me like, hey, I heard you had your, your child. Like, congratulations. Blah, 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 blah. Nice, and yeah. it was really emotional and it was like, oh, Yeah, because it's a big thing to have happen and then, you, you know, you're, you probably would have wanted your mum there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, probably three months later, my child was about three months, I went back to my family and was like, hey, here's your grandchild. I'm not asking for anything. I'm just like, you know. Here he it's, is. This is air, yeah. air out some differences here and and see how we go. And my mom just fell in love. Yeah. And literally was like, this is my child. <laughs> it's like Filipino um, and grandmother came into play. And since that day, she's been all over my son. She's about my son. And, you know, it was almost like, because at that point I was, at, I was an adolescent and I was rebelling and I was doing like sneaking out and drinking young and smoking young and all sorts. So in a sense, our family was breaking apart at that point. So when I ran away and then I came back and I had this child, this child almost was like the glue mm. that brought us back together. In the like my family is so strict. So the fact that this was happening was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like, it's kind of beautiful. And they were being open to it. Yeah, yeah they were yeah. definitely receptive. And it was like, it was for me – cool, we can actually move forward and work on this and they see where my mind is at now because I've definitely grown because, damn, I was just so young Yeah, but you were young. Yeah, it's normal. So did you move back home and what? Did you come back to Auckland? Um, Yes, I did come back to Auckland. I lived with my parents and then I got in another bad relationship, not with my son's father. I'd actually split up with him and then probably two years later got in a bad relationship with this guy and he was just really, really bad and it was just bad. There's no ifs or buts about it. It was just bad all over. Mm. And I got stuck in it. Like after the first year, first year was like, oh, honeymoon sort of phase. But after that, it just got so toxic. Was he nasty? Oh, bro, it was uh, meth after meth charge. So that's male assault female Mm. in the courts. And it was just like, I know the courts so much based on my own experiences now. And that's a sad thing to say. Mm. I'm like grateful I have the knowledge and the experience, but that's sort of not something you want to have the experience no. for. But um, no, nah, I ended up 
one day just picking up my balls and How long were you there for in that relationship? Two, about two and a, two and a bit years. And yeah. was it like, was it abusive from pretty early oh, on? No, 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 no. That's the thing. Abusive relationships, you never really can tell with people. Like it's sort of like they hook you mm. and then they tell you everything you want to hear and they learn where to push the buttons. And that for me was like, it got to a point where I was like, I knew I had to get out, mm. but it was a fair. Yeah. It was a huge affair. And it just took so long that it took a year and a bit to be like, damn, I got to do something and mm. act now because this just isn't my story. Yeah. Like I feel like I've been through so many ups and downs already. I was probably like 20, 20, 20, it's like 20 really years young, old. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, I can't just get out of one bad relationship to end up in another one. Like yeah. this is crap right now. And yeah, I ended up picking up my stuff one day, chucking it in my car with my child and homeless. <laughs> and then I ended up homeless. Really? Yes, I ended up homeless. And that was the the start of my homelessness because I wasn't talking to my parents because they didn't like that guy either. Yeah. So I was back in the same, like square one so weird, all over again. So you actually were like living on the street? Yeah, I was living in my car. Um, and you have to think when you're living in your car and it's winter. And you've all got your a stuff child. Like, yep, How so old was he? Three. Three, yeah. Three, three and a half, four. Mm. Yeah, three, three and a half or four years old, probably more towards that age. And oh, it was just, hun. It, it, it's at the time, but I was just crying. Yeah, and, it's horrible. And that's when, like, I always tell people about my, like, you know, people be like, oh, that's a crazy moment. But I was in the car and I'm strong in faith. So I just remember looking at my child and being like, oh, I got to go toilet, running out the door to this public toilet outside because, you know, 24 hours, think of how many toilets are around that are 24 hours. Mm. Got to have that for you and your child. Jump back in the car like, nah, I'm done. Like, How long did you do that for? Probably about a week and a bit before my uh, I cried out to my friends for help. Yeah. Because I was too proud. I didn't tell anyone about my situation. So not only did I have no family because I'm an only child, my parents, you know, don't have small families and most of my family over in the Philippines didn't have them. Uh, I was out of this relationship and Women's I was refuge alone. could have helped you, yes. but you probably See, didn't know. Like. No, I did. I gave them a call and I had this nasty chick on the phone. This was probably three days in and she was just like, hello. And I was like, hey, I like in tears, like, hi, like I'm, I'm needing I help. Need I've, got, to go, I've got this yeah. kid. It wasn't about me. He's like, I've just got this child and we're cold and we need a place to go. And I don't ever you know, dog on the woman's refuge. Cause you know, I know some people have stories of them helping them really well, but in this particular case, whoever was working, I blame her for handling the situation so badly because I'm crying on the phone and she's almost like, well, we've got nowhere. And it's just, it didn't matter if she was like, well, we've got nowhere. I'm really sorry. That will like, help you out. Yeah. yeah. It, like it, the whole tone mm-hmm. and the way she was just acknowledging it. I was like, Oh, I had every swear word to throw at this woman. Like, I'd say it right now, but I was just like, you know what? Now I don't have the woman's refuge. Like, I have no one. You can get mm and you can get mm and that's it. So I looked up at the sky and I was like, okay, God, I'm going to do this because I heard Ellen DeGeneres. Have you heard the story about Ellen DeGeneres? Her first ever, like, she had a conversation with God and she turned it into stand-up and that's where she kicked off all her stuff. So I just was like, okay, God, I'm going to do this. I want a job in the city. I want to work with a desk and a computer and have my own spot and I want to make some good money for my child. I want to provide shelter. I want to get on top of everything. And I blurted out all these things. I said, just give me one chance, just this one door of opportunity. Mm. And I promise I'll work my butt off and and I promise I'll work as hard as I can to not only prove to myself 
that I can do it, but to prove to my child that his mom's not a failure. Because mm. who wants to be a failing parent? You know, mm. you you don't want to disappoint your kid at the end of the day. You want your child to be like, oh, that's my mama, that's my dad. Mm. So I wanted that. And next thing you know, like I just felt like, okay, I'm going to suck up my pride. I'm going to reach out to some friends. And uh, one of my good friends ended up putting me up in a hotel. Um, my other good friend, she ended up putting me, uh, well, actually giving me gas for my car. And I just sat down in this hotel for a couple of days with all my crap, just like, ugh, this is such an ugly situation. Mm. And I, I'm, not, I'm not from a bad background. I'm from a middle-class working family. My parents didn't have it all, but they were working hard and we always had really nice things because my mom invested in good stuff. But then it was like, yeah, okay, I want to bring them now. I'm going to ring my parents. I'm going to tell them I'm sorry because they told, I, I had an argument with them and I told them that, you know, they're wrong. And yes and no were they wrong, but I just was so blunt with them. I just literally done everything that I should have done earlier and decided, okay, I'm going to move forward now. And that's when everything just sort of picked up for me even yeah. more. And I ended up going back into working in the nightclubs because I was originally doing like some nightclub work here and there because of some of my friends working there got me side jobs. But I went back into that. I started getting my groove and I decided instead of just trying to be some like promo girl at the door, man, I want to get to the next level. Like I want to be running these places. Mm. I want to be the personal assistant on the biggest musical events in New Zealand. But how am I going to do that? What I do know is working in the club, they come here at the after parties with the managers. So I have to keep a cl good, clean reputation. I have to know that when artists are coming through, you don't throw yourself at them. That's mm. not who Athena is going to be in this limelight. Um, and yeah, no, I really kept a clean name, rubbed shoulders with the right people, made great relationships. And that's how I literally ended up in radio. It was mm. being a socialite and having a friend who was like, oh, you know, in the scene, I'm, I'm starting a radio station. You want to come join me? I'm like, okay, let's do it. And then Hayden picked me up. Hayden had it from Flavor, picked me up. And the story just continues, bro. Yeah, it's still it's continuing. So, cool. so I'd start promoting these events and seeing what everyone's doing and just watching what's going on. I watch everything from the highlights to the lowlights, things behind the scenes that people don't usually get to see that would honestly make headlines mm. and go crazy. But it taught me a lot because I have mad anxiety, bro. Like, so I always like to think the anxiety helps me in a sense that I see shit and I'm just like, yeah, no, that's, I don't want to be, I don't want people talking about me like how they spoke about this person. Mm. So let's just write down, never do that <laughs> ever. Do you know what I mean? It just, my anxiety actually worked out really well in my favor. If you're looking for a drink that tastes great and will help you break up with other not so good for you drinks, look no further than Amplify Kombucha. Amplify Kombucha is low in sugar and it tastes really good. It's actually my go-to these days. And they have so many different flavors. There's something for everyone and every occasion. My personal favorite has always been ginger lemon, but I've been branching out and I'm really enjoying the pineapple coconut, which is my new fave, I'm not going to lie. And uh, it's getting me really excited for summer and taking it to the beach. Trust me and try Amplify Kombucha. It's available at selected local supermarkets and service stations. Flavor were also on some of these tours in the past. And I didn't think about it. Flavor was always my favorite station for me. But, you know, going from promoting their gigs alongside them to working for them was pretty yeah. amazing. So what was that like when you first had those conversations with Hayden, who is the boss at Flavor? What was that like for you? Was that like, wow, this is amazing? Like what kind of what kind of things were you doing when you first started there? Uh, it was like 2013 and it was like, oh my God, 
Hayden Harry, who used to be on this opposite station, yeah. like a Voldemort name in which we do not say. <laughs> and I used to be a huge fan. Mm. Like this guy's actually come to me and is saying, hey, I like what I'm hearing on your radio station in your mate's garage right now. You know, do you want to come over to Flavor? And at the time I was still so young and just silly. And I was like, no, I'm all right. I don't think I'm ready for that. Yeah, and this is 2013. And um, he took the message of, I'm just not ready. And was like, all right then, sweet ass. Like, he didn't take it like a hard rejection or whatnot. He was real cool about it. And I was mm. like, oh, man, I can't believe I said that to Hayden Hardy, but I just feel like such an amateur. Like, I, I'm just not ready. If anything, I'm just not ready. And then a year later, he offered it to me again. And I was going through some complications with somebody at the old radio station. It wasn't really a proper radio station. It was just us doing like an online sort of garage gig. Yeah, cool. Um, but then Hayden reached out again. I was like, What? Like you're on you know, this radar. Oh, yeah. Like people offer you an opportunity, but they don't usually do it twice. So if you say no, but he offered it again. I was like, sweet, mm -hmm. let's do this. Like yeah. I'm ready. I need to do this for my son. If anything, this could be like, like I said, I didn't know what I was going to be when I grew up. So mm. I was like, maybe I could do radio then. Like yeah. I know music and I love music and I'm always listening to music. So it was all right. perfect for you. Yep. And then I came in and Hayden was like, all right sit down, watch me for a wee bit. And I was like, oh, so intimidating. And then after a wee bit, we finally had my contract. We signed it. I sat down at my desk and it was funny because remember I was telling you about the story about being in the car and crying to God. And I was like, mm. well, my own desk with the computer, mm -hmm. I can pin up my cute photos. But I also said one thing in, in that, that I didn't mention before is I said, oh, I really want a view of the Harbour Bridge. And I know that's hard, but just, you know, just a little cute something on top of this cool goal. Like it was just in yeah. my vision. And then no shit, turn around. There's a Harbour Bridge right behind my my like you know my seat yeah. my desk and I was just like <gasps> you made it happen. like goosebumps mm. it was just crazy because you know in Auckland City there's so many buildings not many have that view no. of the Harbour Bridge and it wasn't like so far away or just the corner it was like the perfect square of it and I was like oh okay I think I'm on the right path yeah. like because you know sometimes you're given signs but you just ignore them but this was like oh like it's a sign it's a sign yeah. sweet you better work hard yeah so, so were yeah. you on air what show did you start doing yeah, I wasn't on air for probably like eight months, but I done no, I, I started doing spy headlines. Yeah, I was just doing the headlines in the afternoon uh, every now and then. I just like say like what's going on in the day with Hayden, and it was just so intimidating. Like I was like robotic, I'd be like in today's news there has been, and Hayden would be like, what the. I'm like, why are you doing that? I'm like, I don't know, bro. I don't know. Every time the microphone turns on, I keep talking like I'm on the news. He's like, oh, oh. and I have all these papers of what to say yeah. written down. And he's like, you don't need these things. Like rips him off and goes, you look at me right now and you tell me the story like you're talking to me. And I'd be like, okay, so like Beyonce and Jay-Z were like hooking up and blah, 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 blah. And so that. he was like, do it like that. Do it like that. And I'm like, oh. Like it's so easy. Yeah, it's, it's so easy. Yeah, I know exactly. Though. It's like it, you have to go through that to learn to speak. Like normally, it's a it's hard to explain unless you've done it. But you do. Everyone falls back on being really proper and like you're mm. on the news. This is a weird thing that people do. Um, it's actually yeah. hard to be casual on the radio. I'm doing had, it a lot more now. But yeah. before, wow. How were you when you started? Oh, I feel like well, I was trained in a news kind of background, so probably a little bit like that. But yeah, still like. I don't know. I kind of was encouraged what, with what I did. I was encouraged to be myself. So yeah. it kind of came eventually. But still, like, yeah, at you're first. Cool, you're cool like that. But it's, at first, it's, like, very, like, intimidating. And yeah. you're like, oh. And especially, you know, you 
probably because you're on this network, you know, flavor is like a nationwide network. You're probably like, you know, even worse is like, cause you know, I'm, I'm from South Auckland and out there I'm sort of like infamous for being a, a street dancer. So it's like, I'm on a platform now and people are going to be listening. Yeah, they all know I you. Not have failed the New Zealand hip hop community, <laughs> but it was cool. Cause then I signed my contract four months later. What do you know? Across the road from MediaWorks, the comp- the main competition offered me their breakfast role because uh, Karnoa left and was moving on to the project on TV. Yeah. And uh, they asked for me to go in. And it was funny because, like I said, I'd been working in the industry already with um, tours and musical backgrounds yeah. and videos and stuff. So I already knew the DJ who was content director and I'd been on his music video clip and all sorts. And it just felt like I went in and it was everything I ever wanted just handed to me instantaneously. You know, you get to be on primetime breakfast yeah, show on the show. number one station, mm. which you grew up on listening to prior to, you know, the other station coming through. So I told Hayden, <laughs> I told Hayden, I was like, hey, it's, so they've offered me a job. To breakfast go, as breakfast, well, like the yeah. big gig. And I know you're not offering me that. And I'm not trying to like throw it in your face and be like, oh, look what these guys are offering me. But I just want to let you know, bro. I'm going to be loyal to you because you saw something in me before these guys started reaching out and I, you've actually taken your time to listen to my other pitiful radio show that I used to have on Fridays yeah. on the garage station. And I felt like he was just being loyal. He waited a whole year and waited on me because he saw something in me, mm. obviously, that I didn't. But I did tell him, I was like, I'm going to go in though and see how it feels because I don't know how flavour feels. I don't know how these guys feel. Mm. And I knew what, was on the scales. I knew what was over there outweighed flavor by far. The opportunity was like, here you go. And at the time, funny enough, I was working for Kim.com too. (laughs) I know. My life is crazy, bro. It's insane. What's he like? Side note. Guy, he's cool, bro. Yeah? Yeah, I was I was a kids' activity coordinator. So I was doing that. I was working at a smoke store in South. <laughs> I was just starting Flavor part-time as well. And it was like, oh, my God, now my FM want me. And Kim.com was like, okay, I'm going to give you a house, you a car and private tuition for your son if you work as my PA. And I'm like, God, what is going on? Just like there's so many opportunities and anybody would be like, all right, all right, look at me. I was like, oh, I'm sick to my stomach. I don't know what to pick. So I went to Kim and I was like, this sounds fantastic. Um, can I balance my dream of like radio and working in music? And it was like, oh, like I understood, you know, where he was coming from. You need to really sacrifice your life to work around somebody else's life in that sort of situation. Mm. So politely, I ended up declining that yeah, offer. Yeah, I think you that know. was the right thing. I'm still so tight with the family. Those yeah. babies are all my babies. Like his kids are just amazing. And because they're all half Filipino. Yeah. So it was it was easy to get along with the yeah, family yeah. Like straight away. But um, I went over and it just didn't feel right over at the other station. Right. We done voice breaks. And like, I know the boys, like the two boys on the breakfast show, they're all good. They're my, yeah. they're my boys. But it just didn't feel real and it didn't feel hip-hop and it didn't sit with me or resonate with me. And that doesn't mean that they're not real hip-hop or nothing like yeah, that. Yeah, like, this wasn't that, the right it, thing for you at that point. Yeah, and I'm not saying like I know what real hip-hop is either, but for what I'd grown up with and what I was experiencing, I knew my heart was with flavour. Mm. They saw something in me and it also felt right. And out of all my options – I went with my heart. <laughs> Usually you should be going with your brain sometimes. Yeah. But I went with my heart That's on this one. That's a big gig not to take up. Oh. So then I was like, yeah, let's do it. And I went over there and um, ever since just worked my butt off. And yeah. I had to do exactly what I applied in working in the hospital and 
promo events industry, start from the bottom, work your ass up to the top. You yeah. need to learn how to clean the floors before you learn to be that CEO. You know what mm. I mean? Like you really got to work your butt off. And I, like I've stopped doing the promo stuff now because it's really exhausting, but I feel like now it's it's starting to really be like, okay, like now I can sort of sit back and watch where this hard work's going because mm. it's feeling really cool that it's popped yeah. up all in one year, if anything. I know. So you went, you were doing days. I was you were doing on days. days at Flavor and then you started doing, now you're on the nationwide drive show. Yeah. So that's like a big step as well. It's huge. Yeah. Like me and Manchu landing it. And for me personally, I love it because having a live DJ in the mix, it's like- He's so talented. I don't know if you know the voice of New York, Angie Martinez. Yes, exactly. actually. Go, yeah, go, yeah, yeah, man. She's dope. And she is like my idol. And I look up to her so much. She's such an inspiration. So to be a female with my own DJ, I felt like I could connect with her. So it, it was pretty cool. A lot of pressure as well, though, considering mm-hmm. Manchu doesn't really talk so much. Yeah. He's quite a silent guy. He does the talking with his music and his fingers. But, uh, yeah, having no co-host initially was frightening, but now he talks a bit more and we, we can bounce back. And now, that's like good, I said, yeah. we can be more loose and not so robotic. Or it like, takes time, though. Like, that sort of stuff takes time. Like, yeah, yeah. You can't just create it straight away sometimes. And, it's yeah, like it's a relationship that develops mm. between two people. And now, yeah, you guys, it's epic what you're doing. So yeah. well done. Thank you, You sister. should be so proud of yourself. Like, look where you've come, like, all this way. Oh, well, you Girl. know, it, it took me a wee while to actually be proud of myself, though, yeah. you know, because lo- we – put a lot of pressure on ourselves as people. I done this neurosemantics class way back when, and it taught me to be more hopeful than to be expectant. Hope versus expectation. If mm. you be expectant, like I'm going to get it, be overconfident in a sense. And yes. confidence isn't bad, but I just feel like the way people are teaching you, oh, be confident. It can come across as cocky. Yeah. And if you fail, you are going to feel that so much harder when mm. it hurts. Whereas if you're like, I hope I get there with confidence. Yeah. You know what I mean? I it gives you, you a 50-50 yeah. possibility to yeah. fail. So you're like, you know what? I didn't expect myself to get that, but I was just hoping. So if you do get it, you're like, oh, I did not expect yeah, that. Yeah, true. It's it just such feels, a good way. It, it just feels, yeah, just the way you think about things. You're such an inspiring story of like, you literally, look what you've achieved. And yeah. I know you're, you're such a humble, down-to-earth person, but like that's bloody epic what you've done. Yeah, I've definitely sat back this year and just been like, oh, damn, okay, you can do it, you know. Yeah. And that's not to say before I wasn't telling myself that I could do it. I yeah. just knew it was just going to take some blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah. So, Did you have doubts along the way a lot? I still have doubts today. Yeah. I don't stop doubting. Like I said, I get mad anxiety. Yeah. So I always think of anxiety as just worry amplified. Yeah. It's always worrying. Oh, yeah. gosh, Celebrity Treasure Island. What if, like, last night's episode, oh, Everyone, like, they cut it in a particular way that makes you feel, oh, people are going to think I'm dumb now. And I sat there and then afterwards I was like, you know what? I know what the real truth is. I know I'm not stupid. Like, yeah. You just put so much pressure. And it's, you're only human if you do that. Yeah, and anxiety does definitely make you overthink things a lot more, doesn't it? And it, Yeah, and it's not a bad thing. Like, yeah. some, sometimes you can worry yourself into a good position. Yeah. It's not always bad. Does your anxiety get quite severe sometimes? Yes. I get gag attacks. Oh, babes. It's uggs. I'm like, yeah. So pretty much what happens is that my mind is just so powerful that in a moment of like just an anxiety flush, my brain sends signals to my stomach, which releases gases. And then I feel like I'm going to vomit. Yeah. And it, it takes three heaves. Three heaves. On the third, there's always this massive belch. And it's because I need to get out the gas. My body's wow. like telling me I need to get it out. And it's socially was awkward as 
bro. Like, yeah. it is so bad, my, my language. But no, being in, in a social environment and then being like, huh, huh, people are like, oh, oh, are you sick? Do you need a vomit? No, it's okay. It's like, I just got anxiety. Like, it's mental illness. And this is like what happens. And then, you know, everyone's different with how they have anxiety. So it's just constantly having to tell people, this is what happens with me. And my mind just runs off in a thousand places. But I've, Growing up, I've always said I've got person. I've got like five personalities in me, mm. and that's how I masked uh, all my emotions through my experiences growing up. But only was I diagnosed last year did I realize, hey, your personalities is your anxiety split, <laughs> like <laughs> literally. Yeah. Like, but I embrace it. I love yeah. it. I, I'm Celebrity Treasure Island though. I had like my Lares on me. Yeah, like, Lares and Pam, Pam, yeah. Pam. Oh, oh. I'm, I'm part of that fam too. Don't you, Mrs. Worry. Pam? Little oh. did I know half the bloody industries on this. Initially, I, I was like, oh, I might have to take these like pills. Yeah, yeah. You keep and it like, secret. Oh, you mean Mrs. Pam? Yes. I was like, what the heck? So how do you manage it? Like, obviously, you experience it. Do you kind of are there things that you do other than good old Pam that that do help you with that? Like, have you learned other techniques? <laughs> there definitely are other techniques, um, <laughs> but I will say. I just like to. Oh well, have you ever seen Chicago, the musical? Yeah, with Richard Gere, and he does that five, six, seven, eight. It was so weird. Before Silly Treasure Island, that five, six, seven, eight would keep playing in my head when I'd close my eyes, and then I just keep going ten, nine, eight, and counting down to one just right. to stop that overwhelming sensation. Yeah. I hate the strong word, but I hate that overwhelming sensation. It's horrible. And I'd be questioning, why are you even anxious right now, buddy? Like trying to find a person in my head to point the finger at and be like, why? Like there's mm. no reason right now. But um, other than that, I just try, breathe. I mean, I don't want to be cheesy with it because, you know, everyone will give you like their way of doing it, but that mm. doesn't work for everyone. Yeah, you've got to work out what works for you. Yeah, but yeah, 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 absolutely. But for me, it's just... Just taking taking the time to close my eyes and and listen to music. Music, if anything. Yeah. So music, if I can catch a beat and get lost in the music and start, like, you know, Lizzo, truth hurts. Wow, yeah. man, great. So I gotta be. You gotta sing that with emphasis. So you're like embodying yeah. the emotions and then taking your mind off something else, keeping yourself productive. Cause I can tell you when I'm super anxious or going through like a couple of days of crap. If I work, that's the best way to take my mind off things. Like, yeah. And then listen to music loud and sing it with like that energy. It's so Music good. is so healing. I, I totally yeah. understand that. Like when you're, it just helps you. Like the vibrations oh, yeah, yeah. in it, it's just good. Good for the soul. What, like, are there been big lessons that you've learned along the way, obviously? I've always been quite a blunt, straight up person. And it's not to be rude or disrespectful, but I do call shit when shit, shit, you know. And in the past, that's worked against me. And I did learn from that. You know, I thought I was still a nobody, just a, a girl from South Auckland who got picked out of a smoke store to be on radio. One time I jumped on my Facebook and I wrote this big, like, post about this other chick in the media. And it was only because, if anything, I was disappointed in the way she was behaving. And then she gets put in the limelight to contradict everything she's ever spoken on. So I just got so annoyed that this was what we were highlighting in the media. And I shouldn't have done it the way I did it, but I did it. So I mm. can't really. And I'm, at the end of the day, yes, I'm sorry for posting it. I'm not sorry for what I said. Mm. Like to this day, I'll say I'm not sorry for what I said at all. I said what I said and how I said it, but for my company and how it looked for on their half. I'm so, so apologetic. So I learned, yeah, yeah, your opinion does matter, I think. Yeah. They went, she ended up going onto the opposite radio station talking a whole bunch of crap about me. I remember this. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, okay, this is just so interesting. But 
it's funny because that's another lesson. You may think you're trying to call somebody a nobody and then putting them on a platform for people to tear them down. And then throughout all that, you sift out people who actually bloody like this person even more. Because I had messages coming through from like the council in Auckland. Team Athena, I'm like, what the hell is going on? Mm. Like, okay, drop it. I'm done. So the um, gist of it was that you just didn't like the way they went about a situation, right? Yeah. Oh, it was more... This girl was promoting promiscuous sex. I mean, each to their own, you know, female empowerment all day, mm-hmm. you know, the full spiel. But at the same time, you just went through being like on a platform to promoting this instead of being like, hey, I just went through this situation and I feel like ladies, be careful who you're hooking up with because mm-hmm. they too can videotape you and post it. Yeah. You know, online security, safety for our young females. But it, it was like, okay, you've got this moment and you're like, it's okay to have promiscuous sex. Like, yeah, we get that. It is. But how about you take this time and be like, yo, be freaking careful. Like there yeah. are guys who will Snapchat your booty when they're tapping it and like have your head doing some nasty things. And before you know it, your whole reputation is ruined. I think your story is a really empowering one. Um, you know, it's showing women. I know that you like to empower women, but you want to go about it in a way that's like, yeah, you can do it, but actually do it. That's what you're about, right? Um, I like to think of it as being realistic. Yeah. I like, I'm, I'm going to say it straight and I, not everyone's going to agree with this, but there's so many people on social media who are like, life is great, everything's good, post, post the goodness, be positive, thoughts, thoughts, thoughts. I'm going through stuff, but here's awesome, happy selfie type things. And each to their own with how they deal with stuff. But even as a role model, we can hurt other people in thinking, well, they're always positive. So life's always meant to be positive. Yeah. And even when things are bad, I still have to see through it. Easier said than done. Mm. The reality is easier said than done. There are processes. There's, you know, I always say there's a gap between what you want and having it. And I would say gap stands for great action postponed. You know, you think of something that you want so bad and you you can always be like, I can do it. I've got full confidence. It's going to happen. I know it. Yeah, that's wishful thinking. That's what the secret teaches you. I I think therefore it will be, Mm. you know, no, no. There's this massive ass gap where, okay, these thoughts need to be translated into actions. Mm -hmm. So therefore I can perform to the best of my ability to make that end goal become a reality because that's what it's about. Things becoming realistic goals. Yeah. Whereas me, like I said, I was fortunate enough to make short term goals all the way. I think long term goals put females off and males off as well. Short-term, short-term successes help heaps in your confidence. Mm. But false hope for from some of our role models where it's like we need to also sometimes post our failures oh, and our yeah. hardships because there are people out there who are like, oh, you're so inspiring and everything seems great and life seems like movie premieres and on TV and blah, blah, blah when re- reality you go home and I just got another bill for something. Yeah. And, you know, nobody's posting their failures. Yeah. And... My take on it is I'm going to show people the rawest version of me as best as I can. My life is not perfect. It's actually perfectly imperfect. And that's okay. Yeah. That's the most important part. Like I it's totally okay. Agree. It's yeah. it's gr- It's fine for me. And I, I, I'd like to see people who don't get so wound up in the social world because people really, really do get mm-hmm. caught up in it. And, you know, I had to unfollow all the Kardashians. Like I look at their bodies all the time. Oh my God, I'm even considering getting myself a BBL. Those things look damn good. (laughs) Brazilian butt lifts, right? (laughs) Exactly. But I'm like, damn, look how consumed I am by society's, you know, idea of perfection and perfect and beautiful. 
it's not healthy. It's yeah. really not healthy. So you got to get rid of the unhealthy bits, keep the healthy bits. Like I'm fully for people who are out there like yourself who can talk about your hardships and post about them in such raw detail that gives your audience an understanding that life's not always sunshines and yeah. daisies. Because that's, totally that's the realest thing ever. Yeah. I, I hate to think that as a role model myself, that somebody's looking up at me and being like, damn, she she just got it so good and easy. And nah, bro, you want to, you know, you want to get to the next level? It's going to be hard. Totally. And I, I I totally agree with you. I think it's really, I don't want people to look at my stuff and think that everything's always epic all the time, you know, mm. like, so you need to keep it real a bit, I think. It doesn't mean, of course, you're not going to post photos of you crying and stuff. Like, uh, yeah. that's not, that's another, I, 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 it's about keeping it real, but then maybe you could be like, hey, look, I am going to all these things, but like, don't make it feel like, don't let it make you feel bad about yourself and, and do it in a nice way that's not like, you're absolutely look at right. my life and your life's like, I think some people online, the way they operate, it's very much like, and this is what social media really is. It's like mm. showing off your life, right? Yeah. And trying to make people feel jealous. I don't want to do that. I'm mm. not about that. I don't want to unbox things and put them on my story because it's like, look what I got sent and you didn't. You yeah. know what I mean? I yeah. don't like that Absolutely. kind of attitude. And that's another thing, you know, you learn while being in the industry. People see us unboxing these things. They don't realise media companies are just using us for cheaper marketing. <laughs> yeah. Like we get things sent. And I'm guilty. I put my hand up all the time. I've actually had to stop because it's like, Hold up. Um, so you're this. a multi-million dollar global company. Yeah. And you're sending me some, like a free t-shirt or like a donut just to give you like marketing to X amount of followers for free. It's like, yeah. uh, like people don't just see things and they don't realize the behind the scenes. Yeah. That's the best way to put it, you know? Yeah. They'll be like, oh, you're so lucky. And they get, they get a particular type of way. And it's all about perspective as well. What would be something you would tell your younger self? Like knowing what you know now and how things have panned out for you, what would you tell maybe Athena who was 15 and pregnant? Oh, shit. Girl, you are going to be, you are going to give a fuck. You are going to give a fuck about what people think so much. You are going to care so damn hard that it works you into this corner where those same people you gave a fuck about don't even like you. They don't even want you a part of their team. They won't even support you. Yet you've lived so much time just to support other people to learn. You should have just supported yourself. I feel like what I should have told myself is, yep, it's going to be hard. You're going to lose friends. People are going to lie on you. People are going to throw your name through the dirt. But remember, it's not even about them. And you have to stop thinking for yourself, especially as a parent, mm. because you just want a good reputation, not just for yourself, but for your child to be proud of that reputation mm. in their favour. And even though you give a fuck still today, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's natural, it's human, but you are going to do it mm. as long as you work hard and it's not going to be easy yeah. and you're going to cry. But, and it's but, gonna be shit. but you ain't a bitch. <laughs> but you ain't a bitch. You're still tough, chick. <laughs> but sis, honestly, I'm the biggest, toughest sookie in the world, bro. Oh, same. I got told off so many times on Treasure Island just for like, uh, like crying for people leaving. I'm just like, bloody hell. Karen's like, well, bloody stop. Stop, Midgey. You're always bloody crying. But I'm such a like, I have such a tough demeanor about me. But at the same time, like, oh, soft as a plushie, bro. Yeah. There's so much love about me. I think, yeah. you know, I'm only... Um, a product of the society I've grown up in yeah. and my experiences. Yeah, definitely. And you've given us so much advice just by sharing your story. But for maybe women who are in a situation where they are in an abusive relationship or there's things going on and they are afraid to leave, what would you tell them? 
Ooh. I mean, not every situation is going to be like my situation. Not everyone's going to be fortunate enough where they can leave as easy as what I managed to do. What I can say is the way that I did manage to leave was I had to hide it from him for a year and work a plan for a year to get out. But your life's not over. Just make sure you stay safe. You protect your babies. You protect yourself. Make sure that even going into relationships, if you're a parent, you're a package deal now. You mm-hmm. know, be careful. You can't just introduce yourself to any Tom, Dick, and, like your kid to any Tom, Dick and Harry. Have them build relationship with this person as well and then move on to next. Mm. Make sure you're choosing men who are not only going to be there for you, but your child and equally share that love among you two. Treat your kid like their own or kids if that be the case. But if you're in a troubled situation, it's okay to reach out for help. Just because you're going through the situation doesn't mean that it is your fault. You know, some pe- some females, majority of the females, are just told just the right things by these guys. You know, sometimes even go- the opposite way around. I don't want to just say it's just men and female and whatnot, but, you know, they will say the right things to get you. And it's up to you to become headstrong and decide what you're going to believe, what you're going to throw away, and whether or not this is what you want. I always say, is this your story? That's mm-hmm. my question all the time. Athena, is this your story? Is this what's going to happen to you? Like when I was working at the smoke store, damn, is this my story? Mm. <laughs> Selling cigarettes and synthetics to all these <laughs> South Aucklanders and gangsters. It's like, nah, this ain't my story. You just got to keep asking, what was your story? And realistically, where you are now, what you want, can it be your story? Because mm. if it can't, realistically, that's okay. Not everything's going to work out, but something will work out. And there will be a time and a place where you sit back and be like, shit, here it is, that moment. And this is how long it took, like for me and where I am now, 10 years. It's nuts, man. Yeah, it mm. really is. But, uh, you know, when you're playing a video game and it gets hard, you know that next level's around the corner. You know you're just beating the boss, man, just to get to that next level. So just, yeah, because, you know, I can I can try boost you with mu- as much confidence as I can to be like, yeah, you got this, blah, blah, blah. But it's up to you guys at the end of the day to decide, you know, okay, am I deciding better for my kid? Sweet. This is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to get out. It's okay to ask for help. Women's Refuge, you know, mm. I don't discredit them. Yeah. It's okay. Me, reach out to me if you're in a predicament. i got a spare bedroom at my house. Aww. I love taking in stray people. Do you? <laughs> yeah. I love stray animals. I'm an only child. Come on, man. <laughs> oh, true. Stray animals, stray people. I love it. Like if people in hardships, I've just brought them in. And Aww. I feel like also for those who aren't in the hardships, do that for your friends as well. Epic. Hey, thank you so much for your time today, Athena. Really appreciate having you on. I know everyone's going to love this. Oh, so sorry for the long ass podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you, my sister. This is awesome. Thanks so much for listening to the Self Love Club podcast. Please subscribe for more episodes and catch up on eps you may have missed. Reviews and sharing the Self Love Club with your friends and on your Instagram stories helps so much in spreading the self-love message to others who may really need it. You can follow me at Belle Crawford on Instagram plus self-love club podcast. Check out my website as well, bellecrawford.com for self-love club resources and blog posts. And we're on Facebook, the self-love club community. Go join it now. A big thanks to our audio engineer, Nick Baldwin. We've got heaps of boss babes coming up to empower you through the rest of the year. We're already halfway through. Uh, With weekly episodes available each Monday. Catch you soon, babes. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.